Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of AMA. I'm your host, Tom Bilyeu, and today I'm gonna to be answering your questions as always. And by the way, if you want to get your questions answered, be sure to submit them to connect at impacttheory.com. You can remain anonymous, just make sure you put that Otherwise, we may say your name. And by the way, from this moment on, I'm going to be going absolutely ham on the fact that we are launching our first comic book. For those of you that somehow this has flown under the radar, I still can't believe people tell me that they don't even know that we're working on that. Uh, Impact Theory is a studio, boys and girls, so we do both the nonfiction content, which is what you're listening to now, and we're creating fiction content. Our first comic book is coming out October 4th, this is 2018 that this is coming to you. So October 4th, 2018, we're gonna be at New York City Comic Con, the 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, I believe are the dates. If you're gonna be anywhere in New York City, come and see me. Uh, if you've ever wondered how you can support, you can come by the booth, say what's up, grab a free copy of the comic book. We're actually gonna be giving it out free. If you have any interest, only come if you actually care about the world of narrative fiction, uh, but come by. That would be amazing to see you. I can't wait. We're going to be announcing soon. There's a celebrity associated with the book. We're going to be announcing that. It's going to be awesome. I was just spending time with the artist. It is incredible. This book is amazing. I'll just say it plainly. It's absolutely fantastic. I'm super stoked. All right. First question. Orlando Ramos. I just finished reading the biography of Elon Musk by Ashley Vance, and I see that while Musk has an incredible drive, purpose, and passion for what he is seeking to accomplish, he also seems to use his deep depression as a great tool to keep him moving forward. It made me think of your 80-20 rule, although you've spoken of the 20 in terms of rage as fuel. My question is, have you ever used the darkness of depression to fuel your mission? And if so, how do you keep such a debilitating state from completely consuming you? Okay, so first of all, um, I'll speak from my perspective far more than Elon Musk's, but I think that a lot of people are able to tap into the darkness. Read Tim Grover's book, Relentless. He talks a lot about using the dark side in order to fuel you and move you forward. Now, regarding depression specifically, I've never actually been depressed. I was on a one-way street to depression when I graduated film school. Uh, this was when I was laying on the floor of my apartment and having a very hard time getting up and motivating myself. And I can feel that this is something that goes to a very dark place if I don't get out of this. Um, what I talk about with the 20% um, the of my time that I spend on the dark side is, like you said, it's more aggression, anger, rage. Um, I haven't been anywhere near depression probably since about 
what would it have been, like 2008, 2007, somewhere around there. This was the end of awareness technologies when I was profoundly unhappy. But even then, the reason that I went in and decided to quit that was precisely because I know that if you allow yourself to stay in that psychological pattern for too long, it really does hardwire into depression. Um, and so getting out of that state, one, if you are depressed, seek professional help. The reason that I say that, first of all, getting depressed is not a judgment on you, does not make you a bad person. You are not less than. I want to be really clear about that. If you are depressed, if you have anxiety, you are not less than, but it is absolutely something that you're going to want to deal with because it can be unwound. Now, these are usually hardwired neurological states, so getting out of them is not as easy as watching a funny movie. Wish it were so, but sadly it's not. But it is relatively simple things you're gonna need to do to begin that unwiring process and wiring a, um, as Tony Robbins says, a super highway to gratitude and joy. Uh, but it absolutely can be done, but working with a professional makes that a lot easier. So in, in truth of how you keep that from becoming a debilitating state is that you have to really, really work on it. Now, in terms of using the darkness as something to push you and move you forward, one, if you've ever been depressed, you know that you don't want to go back to that. Um, if you're locked in depression now, you know how desperately you want to get out of it. So there's going to be things that you have to do that are exciting. And one of those could be that mission of saying, if I accomplish this thing, it would be incredibly meaningful to me. So I'm going to put my time and energy into focusing on this amazing thing that I want to bring into the world. So even though you have that uh, depression or anxiety or rage or anger, which is, 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 is a very negative, dark thing, you're going to leverage it to keep you moving forward. Um, that's, I, I've been answering the question more from a depressed or anxious state than I have from a rage state uh, because that's where you ask specifically. Um, and I'll leave it at that for now. But know that leveraging the darkness of rage and aggression is different. Um, but that's how you can address depression. But I think that keeping it from being a debilitating state is gonna really take work, professional help. It's super important. As I always tell people, if you're depressed, you're literally playing with your life. So be very careful. All right, Brian Fong. Deep down, I want to learn to be a compassionate person, but somehow it conflicts with my ego. When I put myself in someone else's shoe, I do feel empathy, but I quickly feel bad for them, and it makes me feel like I am a better better than that person. When I try to change my mindset to becoming a learner, it makes me feel like I'm not good enough and my confidence takes a shot. I know that I am better than this and I don't want my self-worth to come from putting other people down. I need your advice. Okay, woo! Um, I've never heard somebody say that, that I trying to identify with the learner makes them take a psychological hit. So what that tells me is that you haven't done the work of changing your identity truly around to being a learner. Because your identity has not changed, it's going against your identity because really your identity is about being good, smart, right, powerful, whatever the case may be. And as long as that is your identity, then accepting that you failed is the thing that knocks you down. It isn't saying that you're a learner. There's nothing like even remotely conceivably negative about being a learner because you could be the greatest of all time, super powerful, super smart, and say that you're a learner. Um, but really what your ego is tied up in is being super smart, powerful, and all of that. So what we need to do is really begin the process of shifting your identity. The way that you shift your identity goes like this. First of all, you're going to repeat in your head that you're the learner. You're going to repeat in your head why you're the learner because 
Humans are the ultimate adaptation machine. It's literally what we are designed to do from the ground up. That becoming extraordinary is not something that you're born with. So all of the things that you value yourself for now are things that you had to learn, right? So think of a baby. It can't hold its own head up. It shits on itself. Like they're literally a mess but they grow and adapt over time. So that's what humans do. That's what we get good at. That literally is what makes us the apex predator. So, okay, you're gonna repeat that notion in your head with that rationale. You're gonna understand that tapping into that is gonna be insanely powerful. And now what we're gonna do is understand that to learn, to grow, then we've got to really self-assess accurately where we are, what our skill set is, so that we can get more powerful. Okay, so those are all the things and the rationale that you're gonna be doing in your head. The second part is you're going to tell other people that you're a learner, that your identity is tied up in that. And these days, in a modern context, that could be as simple as quote cards that you're putting out on your IG. I can't believe that's really a thing, but that's really a thing that I spend an inordinate amount of my time doing. And I know that a lot of people do as well, but what you put in that feed definitely tells the world like what you're thinking about, what you wanna be, how you wanna be held accountable, how you want people to think of you, which for better or worse has a massive impact on what we hold ourselves accountable for. So you're telling yourself, and you're telling other people. And you're gonna tell anyone who will listen. You're gonna blast it out on your feeds. You're gonna tell people that you're sitting with. You're gonna be talking about this stuff all the time. And you're going to, step three, get very good at emotionally rewarding yourself when you do it. So when you act in accordance with being the learner, you're going to be proud of yourself and you're going to, in your own head, out loud, however you wanna do it, you're going to reward yourself emotionally for having done that. This is huge and this is where I think a lot of people fall down is they don't know how to effectively reward themselves emotionally for doing the right thing. And then super secrety, lean in. You've got to get good at punishing yourself when you mess up. Nobody likes that word, but the reality is that you've got to do both. You've got to reward and punish. And so I really let myself feel the sting. If I know that my ego got in the way of something, I let myself feel that sting. I don't try to psychological immune system it away. I really try to remind myself, yeah, like that was not something I'm proud of. It's not the way that I want to handle it in the future. And yeah, I'll let myself fully face. There's this thing in body language called blading, which is where you talk to somebody, but you're already turned partway away from them. So imagine your shoulder is facing their front. Um, You'll see people do this a lot now that I brought it up. And if you really want to make an impact on somebody, don't blade them, turn square off directly and face them. And that's what I'm doing emotionally inside my own head. I don't try to skirt around the fact that I did this. It's not like I'm sitting there rehearsing in my head how I mess it up day after day after day. I just really stop, I face head on what I did. I don't try to couch my language, and this is all in my head, but I don't try to couch my language or soften it. I say, yeah, I really messed that up and that was a mistake. I'm not gonna do that again. And that not trying to soften that blow and really facing off to where I messed up is what I mean when I say punish yourself. Really let yourself feel it. I'm not talking about whipping yourself or telling yourself that you're stupid or anything like that, um, which is only going to corrode you. It is not going to make you better. Um, And we do and believe that which moves us towards our goals only. So punishing yourself can be very effective, but you have to know how to effectively punish. Same thing with rewarding yourself can be very effective, but you have to know how to effectively reward yourself. All right, Marcus Anderson.
Hello, Mr. Anderson. Tom, you've mentioned in a previous AMA that if you don't get out of bed within a certain frame, time frame that you punish yourself in some capacity as a form of self-accountability, could you elaborate on what that might entail? Exactly what I was just saying. So um, just to give more color to that. So all the things that I was just talking about with self-punishment is exactly true with the 10-minute thing. So I don't say, oh, well, this, that, or the other. You didn't get out of bed in 10 minutes, motherfucker. You said you were going to, and you didn't. And then one way that I do to really like jab a finger into the bullet wound on this one, even though I'm saying like, don't say that you're a bad person, all that, I don't do that. And the jabbing the finger in the, uh, the bullet wound is a fun metaphor for me to think about. It, it is not something that I let linger. And that's what I really wanna make sure everybody understands. So as I'm doing this, I'm simultaneously proud of my willingness to jab a finger in the bullet wound of having fully recognized that I didn't get out of bed in the amount of time that I said I was going to do. But the actual thumb in the wound is, I'll come on here into an AMA and say, I didn't get out of bed in 10 minutes or less. I'll tell my wife I didn't get out of bed in 10 minutes or less because I wanna be held accountable. Also like that level of um, full disclosure, I don't know, there's something about it I like. It actually makes me feel more connected to you guys, as weird as that may be. Um, But when I just come out and I own it and I say I didn't do it, it hurts because I really want to be the person that I say that I am on camera. I want to be that person at all times. I can't tell you, so the whole thing about me saying that if I'm awake Monday through Friday, if I'm awake, I'm either working or working out, I cannot tell you how many times that is repeated in my head because I'm by myself and I know nobody would know if I did something that wasn't work right now, Uh, but because I want to feel when I say it out loud, I want to feel good and strong and confident, I'll keep working in those moments. So thank you guys. Uh, having you as an accountability buddy uh, has really made me stick to the things that I say, which I think is super powerful. So that's why I say this stuff out loud. That's why I force myself to say it. Because when you're really living up to it, it feels so good when you're saying it. Remember, no one's going to know if you're lying, but you will know. And so you won't get the feeling. And it's all about that feeling for me. All right. Nick Proshka. You often say people treat you how you let them treat you. My goal is to become a trusted advisor and mentor among my circle of influence, friends, coworkers, team members, etc. But I feel like a close, trusted friend currently. How would you recommend I bridge that gap? Okay, so we're, we're bringing two things together that I think are just not related in any way, shape, or form. So People treat you the way that you let them treat you, meaning if you let them take advantage of you, they will take advantage of you. If you let them push you around, they will push you around. Um, I don't mean that you get to control how other people see you. People are gonna see you based on the way that you act. So if you're um, ineffective at your job, let's say, and you really want people to see you as being effective, the only way that I know how to get people to see you as effective is to actually be effective. So on a long enough timeline, man, all the bullshit in the world is found out. So people are going to know if you're not delivering the goods, no matter how much you campaign to try to convince people you are, even if you can get people because they love you or whatever to say that you're good at something that you're secretly not, like that is on a long enough timeline going to get found out. So the very simple solution is to actually be that extraordinary. So if you want to be a trusted advisor and mentor, you need to be very trustworthy. You need to be a great mentor. You need to be good at things. You need to be able to help people. And as people begin turning to you because they want to, not because you tell them to, but because you're open and you make them feel better about themselves when they're around you than when they're not, when you show a competency in your own life, you will find that over um, enough time that people really do begin to turn to you. And if in those moments you're able to deliver value, and that's the important part, 
You've got to actually be able to deliver value. But if you're able to do that, then people are going to start turning to you. And if you keep their trust and keep their secrets and all of that, um, then they will keep turning to you more and more. In fact, uh, Dr. Finesse, who is just off camera here, is known in his circle of friends as the vault. Because when you tell him something, a secret, he keeps that shit till the end of time. But he's earned that reputation by not spilling people's secrets. He was telling us a story one time where he's like, he had a friend who had told him something and another friend who knew about that thing that had been told. And he, the person was saying like, oh, I, I know you know this, right? And he was like, do they, like, is this a test? Because he was like, once somebody tells me, even if I know the other person knows, I still won't own up to it, confess, talk about it. And by being that much of a true vault, um, he's earned that reputation. So um, as I tell people, you earn your reputation over time. So you're going to have to be that person before people see you as that person. Brendan O'Brien, you have often expressed the desire to impact people who disagree with you or may even be actively antagonistic towards your views. Do you have any advice for a business setting when you encounter people who are antagonistic to your suggestions or work product? I find that I respond very well to respectful disagreements and constructive criticism. However, I can quickly get flustered when someone crosses the line into a more hostile attitude. Okay, so first, this is one of those where you want to earn your reputation for not getting flustered because if you get flustered, then even though you may just be confronting the um, aggression that's coming at you, if people believe that you are the type of person that gets flustered, they're going to think you're just being flustered and overly aggressive. So this goes back to we earn our reputations over time. So if people see, wow, this guy really doesn't get flustered, flustered, they don't get frustrated, they don't get upset, they don't go on the aggressive um, and attack people, then when you just square off and address something head on, then people won't read it as being overly aggressive. They will just really think about um, what you're saying. And so that's really big. And what I do is I just say, um, I feel, and I'll emphasize that word, I feel right now like you might be frustrated or upset with me and I would like to really understand that. And so instead of pretending that I don't notice that somebody's really flustered, um, I'll just address it head on. But you have to be really careful because if you're wrong, then it can spiral out of control. So you really, really have to make sure that, and this is what I do. So if somebody's being overly aggressive, I don't hit them right away. I let them go three clicks in to being overly aggressive so that by the time we get to the third one, it's pretty obvious to everyone around the table, motherfuckers being overly aggressive. So when I call it out, it's not like, oh, it was maybe, maybe they were being a little aggressive. Like I call it out when we're really spilling over into the realm of just like, not absurd because I'll call it out before then, but in the beginning when you're just trying to learn this, let them go all the way to absurd before you call it out. But as you get more nuanced, you can call it out a little bit sooner, but you want to make sure that you're really right, that like 100% this is somebody that is really um, being aggressive or whatever. And then don't be aggressive in your call out. And really open yourself up to understanding. Open yourself up to what have you done that's created the hostility. Because if you're in sincerely, not like in some bullshit way, if sincerely you're trying to figure out if there's something that you did that is leading to that, then it gets really interesting. Now here's advanced class. Usually, the thing that gets people fired up isn't the thing that's really bothering them. People don't go all the way to that kind of aggressive thing fast. It's usually a bunch of things that have been leading up to that. And so you may have to backtrack into the thing that's really bothering them. And usually the best way to get there is just to ask a lot of questions, be really open to what the answers really are, and don't stop until you fully understand. 
And that's something that served me really well because I'm not worried about looking stupid. I'll just keep asking questions and be like, look, I'm so sorry to have to keep asking this, but I really don't understand yet. And you just keep asking, keep asking, keep asking until you get to the point where you understand. And the understanding may be, I actually think you're mad about this thing or it feels, again, I'll emphasize that word because if you don't have data, make sure people understand that that's just how you feel. And so you want other people's response and then or other people's feedback on whether or not that's accurate. Read the book Principles. Uh, Ray Dalio covers this in the book, how you can use the word feel um, and how when it is just a feeling and you don't have data that it's good to seek um, confirming or disconfirming opinions from other people. So seek that out. Be super open to being wrong um, and then never let yourself get to the point where you're being hostile at yourself because then you'll earn a bad reputation and that will haunt you on the times that you really are right and somebody really is being in appropriately aggressive. All right. Thank you everybody for joining me. By the way, just as a reminder, and I know that you guys heard this at the top of the show, but I'm going to be going ham on this. Our first comic book is coming out October 4th. We're going to be at the New York City Comic Con. Join us there. If you have any interest in narrative uh, movies, TV, we consider ourselves to be playing in the realm of pop culture. Everything that we do is around empowerment, so we're not abandoning uh, what we're all about here on the nonfiction side, but we're telling stories, man. These are rad stories for the sake of being a rad story. It's not pre or anything like that. Our first book, unfortunately, if I told you the title, you'd know instantly who the celebrity is that's behind it. Um, so I can't reveal the title yet, which is really driving me nuts. But we're announcing next week. Yay! So I won't have to keep this uh, secret much longer. Um, if you're interested in what we're doing on the comic side, follow me at at ITComics with an S on the end. On Instagram, I'm posting a lot there. And then join us October 4th, 5th, 6th, sorry, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, yep, um, in New York, Javits Center for the New York City Comic Con. All right, we're going to be doing a huge thing there. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.